dinga boom dinga boom the finley the finley boom dinga boom the on film red leather yellow leather red leather yellow leather please tell me that's something you actually do <sighs> nope only for this hmm. oh man what i can hear my breathing Oh, that's part of the magic, buddy. That's good. That's why you have the headphones. We can, we can catalog this digitally for your doctor later. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Here's uh, the story. And, and we could probably use it for, uh, we could use it in court also. <laughs> Here's the algorithm of Tom's. <laughs> why, why, why did you pull his eyes out? It doesn't, the, the, the beheading made sense, but not the pulling out of the eyes. That can you was imagine weird. how much ISIS would have to hate next to behead you, Tom? <laughs> What a disaster. About almost as much as I hate you. Really? you. You need a workout? Go behead that guy. <laughs> uh, this is better than kettlebells. Uh, but if you just want to use grass shears, I got this pencil neck over here. <laughs> That's just mean. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to take it too far. You yeah. toolbox. <laughs> Imperial douche nozzle. Hey, Soapy. You got Soapy in studio. Yay. Hello, Soap Soapy. Soapy puppy. Have we started? I think we have. Are we on the air? We can start. All right. All right. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. We are the Finleys on film. <laughs> the Finleys on film, yes. Finleys on film. Tom's, Tom's molesting a dog as uh, I'm saying this. Take that. Uh, we are oh. a podcast about classic films. Um, we love classic films. We love each other. <laughs> we love arguing, and we love being mean to each other. Oh, yes, indeed. So, <laughs> so we're, we're here in a, uh, a, a undisclosed... Undisclosed? We, we call this, we, can we call this the, the, the music Fuhrer bunker or something? Nice. Yeah, We're in somebody's basement. This is definitely a makeout basement, by the way. Mm, yes, absolutely. Makeout basement if you really are into being tied to a wall. And Perfect. we're back. Tom and I just made out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're uh, we're a podcast about classic films, oh, yes, and sir. Um, this is I don't know if this is our first one or not. I'm not sure how we're laying this out, but we talk about uh, an actor or an actress or a director or a theme, and we choose two classic films and we um, sort of dissect them. But sometimes we talk about other things. We we're not committing to anything. Yes, we we, we our fear of commitment follows through uh, from our lives into this podcast as well. So yeah, let me interview okay. you for a second, Tom. How did you get into classic film? Um, my father. He was uh, he was a great uh, lover of old movies, and mm -hmm. more actually it was also kind of a hoarder before hoarding was a thing, and they had TV shows about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, he just had uh, this collection of movies on. Um, he hoarded you know, smells mostly, as I remember. He had a lot of those. Okay. <laughs> he yeah. definitely had those. Some of them uh, unidentified to this day, and and uh, and better left that way. Uh, but he just uh, he collected films uh, from the '80s. The moment he could get one of those, one of those gigantic uh, VCRs, uh, and just started taping films. And you know, basically, that was my, uh, my our visitation weekends were every two weeks. So we'd come over. Ooh, son spend. of a divorced dad who has a, a VCR in the early 1980s. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it was pretty good. And 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 access to HBO rather early on as well. I swear to God, somebody took that HBO recently. I've been watching HBO. Yeah. They took that intro and they just they have it as a clip. Yeah. On HBO. So if you want to go. Uh, really live the golden moments of my childhood. Mm. That's a place you can go do that on HBO. So that's what got me into old movies. Basically, so the weird part of that is, of course, as a result, my love of old movies follows his taste rather 
uh, severely. So yeah, yeah. Well, I know your uh, father and his, his love of old movies. Yes. Well, you should. So Joseph, what made you get into old movies? Well, I knew this guy, um, and his name was Tom's father. And <laughs> he, um, my story is that he had um, a VCR uh, when I was Ooh. younger, and so uh, my taste followed his. Well, there we go. This guy had, uh, it was one of those VCRs where like the, the, the heavy sort of like going to fly off the springs um, eject button, like top loader. Mm-hmm. And he would, um, he would do kind of, the, I, you know what, here's another parallel. He would uh, uh, um, uh, record uh, three films on, on EP slow speed on an, on an Ampex or Memorex videotape, mm-hmm. but each videotape was devoted typically to an actress, like Brando, and all the films would be like in a four-year period, like uh, yeah. On the Waterfront, The Men, and uh, I don't know, the, another one from that era. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, he sort of, well, what he did was he kind of ruined us a little bit, I have to say, because <laughs> he also... We I, needed help, too. Well, I was the only kid in sixth grade who... Um, like, I remember my friend Danny Roser was like, do you like ACDC? And I was like, I like this. And it was like, up, up and away. And so he like, he fought. The fifth element, basically. Yeah, a, a love of elevator music and old movies. And, you know, I've lost the love of, of the first one, but the second one took hold. So yeah, yeah, still remains. Well, it's actually pretty cool. But but again, you know, on the list of uh, tremendously useless skills I bring to the world, that's one of them, my knowledge. And nobody, yeah. nobody gives a crap what's your opinion about, uh, about uh, Brando. I mean, if you can have one about... Um, Oh, I don't know, like Seth Rogen or something like that. I love how you had to struggle to come up with somebody new. Ah, one of these new cats, <laughs> like Seth Rogen. Yeah, that Seth Rogen kid. Although I do, I'll credit Seth Rogen with being like one of the few sort of Hollywood superstars right now, and I guess he is really a superstar mm-hmm. who could have pulled his weight back in this time period. I mean, just from the standpoint of he's not particularly beautiful or 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 this or that like he mm. he has a quality that he brings to his movies yeah uh, i'm not always the biggest fan but I, but i grant him that and so oh, okay i that's, like him i find him humorous and light but sausage party well you know but the but the whole thing you know with the the man i knew who sounds like the man you knew as well the sort of love of of you know the old actors and, and grouping them and so forth mm-hmm. i started doing the same thing in junior high and high school so yeah. as soon as we got a, a our first vcr as a family i sort of make just copying your, your dad's sort of moves of, of, and that's all I was obsessed with in high school. It's like, I oh, I, I completed my Bogart, like, you know, uh, High Sierra, um, all through the night, uh, Maltese Falcon tape. I finally got the third one, because you'd have to wait for it, of course, to, to sort of come on late night TV or something mm-hmm. and sneak out and so forth. And and But the thing, here's, I'm responding to your thing that this is useless, because in a way it is totally useless, what we love and what we do. But here I am. I'm speaking to you, mother, who told me that I was wasting my time and that none of this would mean anything. I'm 45, and I finally have a, my podcast in a basement. Yeah, yeah. Well, Up but, yours, mother. But this is to you, mother, yeah. uh, is, is the common theme going through Joe's head when he's not actually talking. This is to you, <laughs> to you mother and father, to my parents. Pretty this much. to you. Take that. Take now that. I've made it. Yeah. You know, because what's, what's really that's, funny... That's you, actually so true that I'm worried now that, <laughs> that she's going to hear this and think that that's true. <laughs> oh, mother, uh, I didn't, he didn't mean it. She's going to have to listen through, to this through a computer, Joe. I think we're pretty safe. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe point. not. Oh, shoot. Yeah, well, let's not push it on her. Yeah. So to speak. Uh, anyways, mm. the other... Mm. Uh, <laughs> Mother sex jokes already. For that, right there. Let's not have yeah. that be heard by her. That's right. Uh, yeah, I, you know what's really funny about those movies, too, that Dad uh, would, would put together on those tapes, which is as he ran out of movies, it became more like a desperate... Yeah. <laughs> he a little bit more desperate and a little I more... remember that. A little more stretched. I remember the Meet the Fockers... Uh, compilation, you know. Yeah, yeah oh, meet, dreadful. Meet the Fockers and uh, Grumpy Old Men, uh, which he he liked so much he went out and bought new. So, oh, good luck. <laughs> well, so look, we 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 can sort of Being, r- rectify some of the the you know injustice that was done in his later years to these collections by mm-hmm. by talking about. Um, Talking about movies again, resurrecting them, and, and the conversations around them, and we were talking about. I think for this podcast, who, who do we want to, who do we want to focus on? Who do we want to focus on? And uh, for this and, first one, should we go? Uh, well, we, we got a couple of options on the table here. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go uh, D, DK or ST. Your call. DK or ST. Actually, Tom, I wasn't actually asking for us to decide. I was just going through the process of the decision we'd already made. But okay, well, never mind. All right, so Deborah Kerr. We're doing Deborah Kerr. <laughs> it's actually Deborah Carr. Is it Carr? It's Carr. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So Miss <laughs> Kerr was a famous. <laughs> just we were, we were looking at. Well, first of all, I just want to say this. I would like to go back in time and um, mm, yeah. seduce Miss Kerr slash Carr. Uh-huh. I find first. Well, there's this long. Like you know about Grace Kelly. Um, the story on her was that she was kind of Hitchcock's, Hitchcock's dream for many reasons, but one of them was that um, Grace Kelly was apparently like a, a well-known nymphomaniac. Right. She could not get enough that Grace Kelly. Uh-huh. And Love sweet loving. Allegedly. And we respect her. By allegedly, I mean in my own diseased mind, Deborah <laughs> Carr is the same way because she's so, <laughs> mm, so huggable. Huggable, yeah. Slash molestable. <laughs> huggable, yeah. Huh? Yeah, I love that. I love me some Deborah you, Kerr. You know, jo- Kerr. you know, Joseph. When a when a mommy and a daddy actress really like each other, ah. sometimes they hug mm-hmm. and kiss. Yeah, I know it's gross. And then daddy has to buy wet naps. <laughs> well, I just and you know I don't know if she does accents well either, but she does accents. I know that she's Irish. She's well, Australian. I did a little bit of looking in, uh, so to speak, on uh, on Deborah Carr, yeah. uh, and um, she's Kirk. actually Scottish. You kidding me? No, no, she's actually Scottish. And so when she came to Hollywood, she came from she had been like tra- sort of classically trained in acting in Britain and Scotland. So she came when she came to America, mm-hmm. the roles she was given initially were all like governess people mm-hmm. people you would expect you know in classical. Hollywoodies that would have a you know that would have a British accent or an upper an upper class accent. Mm-hmm. She first she made her first impact as playing just those roles, so Anna and the King of Siam, mm-hmm. that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, and so she so she managed to uh, she was kind of a cool actress in that she managed to you know play to that stereotype and and, and work really well within those boundaries of like the good Catholic girl. Mm-hmm. Like there's a sense that she that the the, the there's a sense of where like she was kind of I don't know she was she was like this maidenly virtue person a lot but she was mm-hmm. such a good actress she was able to just pull her own weight and pull herself in and do other roles like from here to eternity oh was she uh, mm. Mm, what a honey yeah I, I mean relative to the movies we're going to be talking about here she's yeah. almost unrecognizable oh, yeah. in that role except yeah. well the one the sundowners she we, we so so the oh. thing we're 
Yeah, I'm going to bring it in. The Sundowners nice. yeah. was nice uh, transition. Was, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, was nice because it was it was a little transition. It was away from that British you know mother, uh, governess sort of a thing into a, a salty, uh, basically you know sheep herder's wife. Yeah. In Australia of all places, so she was able to pull those uh, those accent weights really well. Yeah. A lot better than anybody else in that movie, mostly. Yeah, it was sheer talent. In that oh. movie. Mm-hmm. Feeling, feeling a little sheepish after that one. Uh, oh, turn it off. Yeah. Make it go away. <laughs> Um, yeah, she was, uh, uh, from here to attorney, man, what a, what a va, 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 voom, right? She's beautiful. I mean, to use the vernacular of the, of today's. Well, well I think she was really an, a wooga, a wooga, a wooga. Can I get my eyes to come out of my head? I think it's, yeah. Well, so, um, do you want to talk about the Sundowners? Because I have things to say about it. Uh, yeah, I have a couple of things to say about it too. I love that movie. I kind of always have loved that movie. It's really, it's one of those, the, the thing, the good thing, the interesting thing for me about old Hollywood is that you'll, there are just tropes that dominate. Tropes. I in, wanted to use that word before you did. Oh, curse tropes. me. Curse okay. me for my, my vocabulary thingy, mm-hmm. my bob. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like these tropes that happen in Hollywood. And this was like, there, there's, this, there's this trope of Hollywood in the late 50s, early 60s of movies that are about exotic families and coming of age mm. situations. Right? Yep. So, like, Friendly Persuasion is an example of one. Yeah. Uh, and this is definitely, this falls squarely into that category right there. Yeah. Also, the, the trope of the, the, the sort of, like, um, roving family, um, and, and, but, but secretly, and then not so secretly, the wife and the child, like, they want, they're desperate to settle down. Right. They, they can't sort of, you know, um, corral the, 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 the father. The who, wild, who, wayward father. The wayward drinking father mm-hmm. who wants to be out on the road. And, and mm-hmm. the wife obviously agreed to it when they were younger, but she's changed and he hasn't changed. Right. And, then, and, and, and the son is, of course, well, it's, almost, it's almost inevitably a son. I don't, they, they don't have daughters in this light in Hollywood back then. But the, the, mm-hmm. the son is always, you know, growing into his fighting dad, you know, yeah. sort of stage. That's part of his growing up process as well. So, yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, great movie. What a cast! I mean, it's an amazing cast. Even though Robert Mitchum can't hold an Australian accent, it's pretty terrible. It's terrible, <laughs> and he's showing the first signs of alcoholism. He's got that. Mm-hmm. He's got that um, awesome slash awful Robert Mitchum body. John Wayne kind of had the same thing. Like he's just, he's sort of in shape, like in parts of his body, and then other parts are like, God, a mess. And his face looks like. Um, Did you say Robert Mitchum had a? Sort of a Robert Mitchum body. Yeah, that's okay, right. Good. People know what I mean by that. Okay, Everyone's like nodding right now, and by everyone I mean the eleven people who are yeah. listening to this. And that's because they're they're leaning back into their neck pillows for that nap we're providing. Oh, you, they survived your first soliloquy on mm. the. Uh, mm. uh, we wanted to use the word soliloquy so badly. Well, before you took you. trope for me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I have two reviews. I, I'm a two review person. By the way, I'm a person who likes to be turned around. I'll, uh, um, we were having this conversation recently about how someone turned me around on the band Rush. And I just now I'm like, they stink. And there's stupid <laughs> albums about trees that are fighting battles. I hate them now. I used to love Rush, but you can turn me around. I'm, I'm turned aroundable, if that's a word. And, um, and it's, it is. it's a trope. Well, it's, it's my trope, that's for sure. And yours is arrogance. Um, so I, uh, I was watching this movie and. For about an hour, I was looking at the screen, and I, I said out loud a couple of times, this stinks, because one of the things about The Sundowners is um, it, it uses horrible, like, mutual of Omaha stock footage of uh, the Australian Outback, and mm-hmm. every time they go to stock footage, they do that, like, Disney nature music, like, and it's just, it's awful. 
<laughs> there's elements of it that are just f- terrible. Yeah. Now, having said that, I think it's Deborah Kerr, who you say is Carr. It's Carr. Well, okay. I'm just saying. She said that. Okay. I think Deborah Kerr's um, performance uh, saves it in many ways because I think you're right. She is just tenacious. Yeah, sexy, of course, but yeah. also tenacious. She, her, she really, I don't know. She would you call her a method actor, actress, actress? Well, she she was an actress before that was really a thing, but she was just not true. She's just a powerful actress. Like, yeah, nah, she she started in the '40s, which I don't think method was really sort of came out in the '50s. Did right? she start in the '40s? Yeah, mm. yeah, but she was just, um, but she was just a super powerful actress, yeah. and, and an even better stage actress. Apparently, is that what it is? If you're just really good, we just say, "Oh, method." Well, I guess not, that happens. Right? Yes, I, I think possibly so. But there's also there's this quality that happened in Star and Stars and Starlets that happened then happens now too. That so there's there's a there's a quality that they have that isn't just straight acting it's also power of personality and she really had that she going does. on she does and she can yeah she's tenacious in this one she's demure in others she's mm-hmm. a um she's, she's a little she's slutty and and uh from here to eternity, from here to eternity. She, she's whatever whatever the role needs she seems to be able to bring it along so. yeah and yeah. from what i hear from my own brain mm-hmm. a nymphomaniac <laughs> I mean, she had to have it. Absolutely. And speaking of nymphomaniacs, Peter Ustinov was great in that movie. It's, oh, yeah. It actually had a pretty decent cast. It had Peter Ustinov, who, by the way, was also shooting Spartacus that same year. Right. I, you know what's weird? It's, he's so great. He's been in so many great films. Mm-hmm. But I, every time I hear his voice, I think of um, Robin Hood. That's because he was those voices. No, I know. That's, yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> I know, of course, yeah. That's, that's, he's probably turning over in his gigantic grave right now. <laughs> his gigantic gay grave. <laughs> I don't even know if he was gay. Oh, he had to be. I, you'd think he would. I mean, that would just be, the first time it would be magnificent. Not he, that there's anything wrong no, with no, that. Are you kidding no, me? Because not only that, not. but he was like an accomplished intellectual and worked with UNICEF. I mean, he did all this weird. He, he was, was a gay nymphomaniac. Really crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. A, a game. A, a gay-maniac. Gay-no-maniac. Gay-no-maniac, yeah. <laughs> okay, I think we just lost every gay listener we're ever going to have after that's, that one. That just sounds like nothing but it could be anything but a slur. When we get right out of town, that'll be the name of our new podcast. Yeah, well, we'll be... Gay-no-maniacs. We'll be, we'll be, yeah. I can't wait for the logo. Yeah, well, I won't be running far out of town, but uh, you might get further. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Um, so the fat joke on my expense, everybody. Yeah. Oh, if, if, they if can my prob- breathing hadn't given it away, I'm... Uh, they can hear your fatness, Tom. Yeah, Don't worry. Okay, yeah. So, so uh, uh, we haven't even talked about what the Sundowners is, really. Oh, yeah, so, you want to give us a, a sort of a, a yeah, sure. summation? A uh, family of uh, itinerant farmers. They're called Sundowners. It's apparently, it's a British, uh, it's a, an Australian slang. We're just going to have to take their word for it because none of us are Australian. Right. Uh, for somebody who is a, an itinerant farm worker, you go from place to place and you're a Sundowner because uh, wherever, when the sun goes down, you pitch your tent and that's where you live. Mm. So, that's, boom. They're, they're in a perpetual state of camping. Um, which, anyways, um, and so uh, yeah, and so as you said, Deborah Carr and uh, her, the son, sure. are really really want to uh, settle down. In fact, they came they, at one point. They show them coming across a place. Um, ooh, I have a side, good side note on this one too. Come across like a farm that they be like would be perfect, and they find out how much it's going to cost and all like that. And so yeah. their whole plan is to try to save the money to to do this thing. But at the same time, the father Robert Mitchum. Mm. He, he's a Rolling Stone, Daddy. Mm. He can't be. He can't be tied down, even though well, he's got a wife happen. and a kid. I, I wonder what's going to happen. What's the conflict? Uh, the conflict. I don't see it coming. Ah, uh, comes when uh, when he decides to uh, when basically he loses their their nest egg. They're just about to be able mm. to afford the farm. To be, uh, the, 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 he loses it in a gambling yeah. in a fit of gambling. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the family shits the bed for a little while. Yeah. Well, this is okay. So, well, this is the, we talk about the trope. Um, what, when is it a, a trope and, 
that has value and one is it just tired horse shit? Because ha- half of the, my watching this film felt like this is, God, come on. Let's really? talk about that for a second. I'm going to go out and say this. This is not a great film. No. But it's an enjoyable I turned film. you around. No, 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 no. Saying, not, it's a, we, but I think it's a truly enjoyable The film. dog and the engineer are here, and they both remember you saying like five minutes ago, I love this film. It's no, a no, great no, film. that's what I'm saying. Is, okay, did I say a great film? Did I say that? No, it, I didn't. Roll so we're going we're gonna to pull that tape. Uh, that's going to be edited out. In any event, uh, no, it, it's not a great film. I just happen to love this film. Uh, okay. That's one of those. And, that's and glowing God review. knows we're going to have a lot of those. But I yeah. think it's enjoyable and it's really good. And it's, it's a really nice, as I said, of the trope that I'm talking mm-hmm. about. It's a pretty decent example of that. Yeah, well, look, we have, um, you know, we have whole lives to live where we can watch things on Netflix and so forth. So I can't, I can't really say avoid this film. But given how many great films there are out there, if we were to do... A thumbs up, thumbs down. I would put my thumb sideways and then like pointing down. Hmm. Mm. I'd give it a. I give it. I give it a three o'clock thumb myself. Why are you holding your hand up? So so you could see what I'm just me. Yeah, absolutely. This is a visual medium joke. This is a visual medium joke. I'm with me. Okay. Okay. All right. That's stupid. All right. So Deborah Kerr. Uh, sex maniac, the sex, the sex maniac Deborah Carr. That's actually on her tombstone. Joe, Joe chiseled that in recently. Yeah, with, with, with his penis. penis. <laughs> yeah, that's how I got the. the that's exactly the sound he worked on. Penis. Bitch, you do it. Made fun of my own penis. Uh, Robert Mitchum showing early the er, first signs of <laughs> okay. like liver faced eyelids. <laughs> That's the medical term. That was eventually to cut. To, eventually, his eyelids would take over his face practically. Yes, it's because they amazing. reunited. By the way, this is the second film they were in. We're going to talk about the first one, I think, mm-hmm. that they were in together. But they were in one called Reunion at Faribault. Much later on. Which was one of his last films. Terrible. And he just, he looked like a. He looked like a, he looked like a turkey neck who had been through like Chernobyl for a okay. couple of He had been camping in Chernobyl for a couple of weeks. I was weeks. thinking like a, a Nell Carter uh, after <laughs> weight loss surgery. But I think we're both right in a way. Lab <laughs> band and Nell Carter. Yeah, agree to agree. <laughs> Excellent. By the way, everybody, uh, go into Wikipedia and look up Nell Carter, youngsters. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a person from some Oh, time give ago. me a break, Tom. Oh. That was another inside joke. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so the other movie we were talking yeah. about here is another Deborah Carr thing, and it was the first... Okay. By the way, Deborah, <laughs> Deborah Carr, uh, and uh, this is the first time they did work together. They yep. worked under the auspices of John Huston, the director, and they actually became great friends. Mm. Now, The Sundowners actually was originally supposed to go to Gary Cooper, mm-hmm. oh. but he passed on it, and Deborah Carr uh, and uh, no, 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 Robert yeah. Mitchum, because they were such good friends, yeah. uh, pretty much had his agent just run after and get the role for him so oh. that he could hang out with his friend. Friend. Yeah. Miss Miss Deborah Kerr. Yes, the the slut formerly known as Deborah Kerr, but now Carr. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. so in heaven knows Mr. Mr. Allison. Mr. Allison from mm-hmm. 1957, directed by John Huston, set somewhere in the South Pacific. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Robert Mitchum is. We see him on a life raft. Um, he's a marine. He survived some sort of. Um, he got washed over the side of the boat, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's the first great shot he's, he's, uh, of him is he has this glorious sort of like um, coiffed hairdo. And then <laughs> typical of those times where it's this horrible sort of editing and transitioning, it goes behind him and his hair has like been soaked by a bucket of water. Yeah. But, but anyway, so he, he lands on this island and it's, it's very um, – uh, it's 
fun bad acting because he's like the marine who who was saved from a you know life yeah. of like jails you know and, and he was basically a, he was like an him. extra from the Bowery Boys who got uh, drafted. Uh, uh, to a gum I'm here. a gyrene yeah when you said gyrene I wanted to kill myself what is a gyrene that's like that's a that's like an old dude ver- that's like an old marines from the 30s and 40s what they would call themselves instead of a marine Why? they were a gyrene who the fuck knows hmm, they're I'm marines language, no, language sweetie I beg your pardon. Yeah, uh, one does not. Fuck off, uh, one does not uh, try to figure out what Marines mean when they say things. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, like Jarhead. I don't know what that. Uh, jarhead. Well, that's because they they have empty glass heads. That's that's why. Well, that's why the that's why we the Navy used to call them that. So I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. These are just insults. Hmm. Learning that we a lot. Used. I know. It's very deep into the brain of Tom here. So he gets he arrives at this island and he sees that there you know are little huts mm-hmm. as you would imagine little island huts. Yeah. And he wanders around and but in there's a remarkably well put together church. Yes. <laughs> and fresh graves. Everything is set up. All the exposition is set up on this island for mm-hmm. us. And he runs into Miss Deborah. And now she's more sexy than ever because she's an Irish nun. Oh, she's a nun, and she could play Irish like a because she's also naturally uh, she's she's a spicy redhead as well. Oh yeah, she's a spicy little redhead, Mm -hmm. and you can't. But she's wearing her little nun's habit. Mm, The habit. Get the habit of that. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, sure. We don't want your mom to listen to this, do Let's just hum for a little while. So she's so she he runs into her. She runs into her. And it's absolutely. you know what? It's one of those things too. I think we're gonna run into this a lot when we talk about old movies. It's a little rapey. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the, we've the, got the, that to recommend. Well, the, well, it's okay, because here's what I think what's interesting about this, and this is just the time and when it came out, I think what was sort of recommended it from it is it's it's incredibly rapey and no rape happened. And back in that day it was mm. kind of an extraordinary story. It's a bit of a blue ball two, movie. I yeah, agree. two people having a Basically, a near marriage relationship without sex ever coming into it. Is that sort is a, of, that's called a marriage relationship. Well, I, I, I defer. Who's the comedian defer, now? I defer to your knowledge, sir, <laughs> to your actual knowledge of things mm. on this one. Um, that, uh, yeah. It's not true. It's so true. Um, but <laughs> you're about to get somebody. Uh-huh. Turn the mics off. Let's go. Let's dance. Spooning in the morning. So they are thrown together, and it's one. Now there's a trope that's old, but it did. It felt okay in this one. It's like you know, he's the tough marine. She's the. I mean, where have we seen this before? Houston himself in the African Queen a few years earlier. Bogart right. and, and mm-hmm. Hepburn. Uh, two mules for Sister Sarah. I mean, just like whatever, like the the, the rogue sort of um, right. you know, marine or cowboy or, or whatever who's who spits and cusses and smokes and then like the, the pure woman and somehow mm-hmm. they, you know, they're the best of friends and there's a romantic right. sort of uh, tension. I don't know why it works in this one. You tell me. It re- well, uh, but again, I, I, as God is my witness, I think a lot of it just has to do with Deborah Car- uh, Deborah, God damn it, yep. you're ruining my yep. brain. It's Deborah yep. Carr, Kirk. you dumb bastard. Kirk. It's Deborah Carr. Uh, so... Um, I think it really is just the power of her ability to pull things together. I and mean, she, she's just such a subtle. Mm. And in this one, this is a much subtler role than, than in the Sundowners. Sundowners is very broad. In this one, she's very reserved. She says a lot of things with just hesitation mm. and lack of movement sometimes. It's really great. I mean, yeah. just watching her work is, in this movie is pretty amazing. And, and it's, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's a flawed movie in a lot of ways, sort oh, yeah. of technically speaking. Yeah. There's, there's one huge question right at the center of it that never gets answered in the, during the whole thing. 
that makes the whole thing not make sense. There's this beautiful mission on this uh, this uh, this island in the South Pacific, and there's nobody on the island. They've died. It's answered. There's a bunch of fresh graves. No, no. There's one fresh grave. That's yeah. for the priest. The, but the, she's very. There's no natives. She streamlined it. She just buried everyone in that one grave. <laughs> or they, they just. Or she just pushed that's them off. That's how great the Deborah Kerr is. <laughs> she buried everyone in the same grave. She just with, and it she was stacked them. and it was her vagina. But beside that, mm-hmm. yeah. in, the, in the grave known as her vagina, yeah, absolutely. she stacked everyone. Okay, I think we've we, answered that we question. We recommend this movie highly. I, I apologize. <laughs> well, we haven't said, again, this is how bad we are at this. We didn't have said anything about what the movie's really about. So, so but, they, but maybe we have in a we way. We basically talked about what it's exactly about. Like, really, yeah. as far, I mean, like, the, everything right. else is really just the details of things getting in the way of... Well, like, yeah, like a, a, a ship full of like, um, Japanese soldiers land and mm-hmm. make things. They have to hide out in a cave, which is kind of the sex. That's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no suggestive at all. Well, he makes a he makes a spear and goes out fishing for food. That's a penis suggestion as well. I'm okay. just I'm just letting it. Joe's Joe's, Joe's gonna no sell that one. You know why? Because <laughs> he has no soul. Now, what do you do for your uh, comedian? Tom? Yeah, I don't do that for a living because okay. that's not a way to make an actual. <laughs> Nobody living. does that for yeah. three people in America. Yeah, five. Yeah, five people yeah. do, and they make an insane living, and the rest okay. of us just uh, yeah. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so, so there's that, but also there's a scene where, um, she gets like pneumonia from the rain and, and she sort of passes out and right. he takes her clothes off. <laughs> yes. With and, his tongue. I mean, yeah. Right. And then he, um, he hangs them up to dry and she's, you know. Yeah. They never show any, uh, yeah. Yeah. She gets a, she's a, she's even, uh, even when you don't come go past the collarbone on her, she's, she still looks good naked. She's got good naked collarbone. She does. You're right. Very good naked collarbone, yeah. We, on the other hand. Um, But I think I I have a collarbone way down in there. It's in there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I swear to God. Yeah. It's part of the structural thing. Yeah. You could wear a thong. No one would see it, but you could wear one. (laughs) Absolutely. It'd be a suggestion of a thong, a mere hint Mm. of one. I think it's really funny too. And again, like, oh, she's just a delicate nun. Like she she goes out in the rain and catches pneumonia, of course, as ladies do back then. Well, it's also the the, the sort of sexual tension between them has created a, I think, a um, fever. It's she had AIDS. That's what it was. He gave her fever, do because they were fucking a green monkey on the island. Oh, you use that word a lot. I don't like that. Yeah, no, the Mom, word green like is not okay, and I apologize. I feel deep shame. No problem. So what So what are we saying here? We're saying that we both heartily recommend, heaven knows, Mr. Allison, 1957, Robert Rich and Deborah Kerr, and directed by John Houston. Mm-hmm. A hearty agreement that that we recommend it. I like this movie a lot. Uh, I'm going gonna, gonna to give it a thumbs up. Uh, I would say it's a sli- it's a somewhat flawed movie. It's not a perfect movie. It's not yeah. a great. It might might be just on the bottom edge of a great movie, but it's mm-hmm. totally a recommend. Mm-hmm. It's worth mm-hmm. checking out. Okay, mm-hmm. and I think we're a little divided. I mean, we both agree that the Sundowners isn't great. I think it's less, more not great than you do. Yeah, uh, but you I would th- recommend it, and I would not. I, yeah, and now that I'm thinking, you know what's so funny is now that I'm thinking about it, I think there's, you, you, oh, God, hold on. Get it out, Tom. Get it out. This physically hurts for me mm. to say, so give me a second. Okay. okay. I think you might be right. Yeah. Sure. I think if they took out those weird Disney the scenes that <laughs> going on there, mm-hmm. if they could drop about a half an hour out of the Sundowners, it would be a much better movie than it is. Yeah. I okay. would say maybe an hour and a half out of it. <laughs> Leave like a, just a 15-minute travel log. Excellent. Okay, cool. All right. Well, I think we're done. We're the Finleys on film. Uh, thanks for listening to us. you have we anything like else to, to say? Uh, yeah, we just want to thank all of our uh, all of our supporters out there. Um, 
there are nobody none. yet. Right. Um, but nobody's we, listening. We're listening. We're staring at a screen. It's it's an hour later. We're staring at the screen, listening to ourselves. That's it. Yeah. That's all that's happening. But also, you should um, uh, follow us on Twitter, Finley's on Film. Mm-hmm. Twitter. And we also have a, a delightful Facebook page. Same thing, Finley's on Film. Go catch us there. Mm-hmm. Uh, though we're going to be doing a lot of we're going to be doing a lot of work on Twitter, some work on Facebook, and uh, getting some stuff out there. But uh, what these kids do? Love talking to you. Yes, the all kids. Right. So long, everyone. Good night.